Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, all. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I want to also welcome the new listeners. I receive new listeners every week. Uh, To God be the glory. I thank God for you. May God continue to bless you. And I hope God gives you understanding so that you can continue to grow in faith and learn how to walk in his amazing grace. That's what this ministry is all about, honey. Helping Christians grow. Now, for those of you who don't know, I typically teach from the New King James Version. Not all the time, but for the most part, I use the the New King James Version. If you have the traditional King James, the NIV, the NASB, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what version you have. In the end, we will end in the same place. Now, I want us to go to the leading scripture, which is in the book of Acts. And after I read the leading scripture, I will share with you what the title of this message is. Okay. The book of Acts chapter one, verses four and five. Jesus instructed his disciples to do the following. Wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Now, the title of this message is the Holy Spirit, who he is and why we need him. Oh, this message is is surely going to bless you. That's why I always ask at the introduction or during the introduction that everybody pray and ask God for understanding. Okay, because if you don't understand something we typically don't receive it. So ask God for understanding and he'll give it to you. He promises to do that. That's one of the promises. And um, his understanding is associated with the Holy Spirit. So I really can't wait to, to share this message with you because I am sure you will be blessed. Okay. Now, Jesus knew the disciples would need the Holy Spirit in order to succeed in their lives and ministries. That has not changed. Okay, we as Christians need the power, wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit so we can win the good fight of faith and overcome what the enemy throws at us at every turn. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Now, the first question we should address is what is the Holy Spirit? Write that down. Now, you guys know I am a teacher. For those of you who don't know, I am a advanced teacher. Okay, and I advise everyone who follows my ministry to take notes and write down the scriptures that I share so that you can study to show yourself approved. Okay, now we are going to talk about and learn first what is the Holy Spirit. 
Now, one religious organization says the Holy Spirit is an uh, inanimate force that, that flows from God to move his servants to do his will. Other religious groups have, have other concepts. However, the Holy Spirit is really a person. Write that down. The Holy Spirit is a person, a divine person. He is on the same level as God the Father and Jesus. And like God the Father and Jesus, he is a distinct personality. Yet, all three of these individuals are still God. They, plural, are still God, singular. That is very important, okay? Now, this is not as complex as uh, a concept as it may sound. And it is entirely scriptural. Oh, yes, it is definitely biblical. Now, in Genesis chapter five, verses one and two, we have this statement. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Now, we, we are going to be reading a lot of scriptures, saints, because I want to let God talk. I want to let God speak. And we all know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't hear by the word of God, you cannot have faith. OK, so it's very important that we read some scriptures and I will be doing a lot of reading today. So I want you to notice how God uses the singular and the plural together. Mankind is actually the name for man in general, and man and woman are of that species. They are not fowl, fish, or animals. They are mankind. They are both called mankind, yet they are plural because they have separate personalities and functions. Mankind is one, yet he is two. Now, in the same sense, God is one Yet he is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all through the Bible, there are references that indicate this plurality, okay? The most famous of these references is in Genesis 126, which states this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, us and our indicate more than one. Yet the words image and likeness are singular. They are of the same species. God, yet their personalities and functions are completely different. The Holy Spirit is the third person in what is called the Godhead. Now, the Godhead functions like a corporation. God the Father is president and chief executive officer. Jesus is executive vice president and director of operations. The Holy Spirit is the field representative. Now, while Jesus and the father stay and, and issue orders from corporate headquarters in heaven, the Holy Spirit goes into the earth realm to carry out those orders. Now, let me give you another illustration of how God, the father, son, and the Holy Spirit are just one. They are one person, but they have three different functions. Let's use water as an example. 
water in its purest form, we all know is H2O, if we freeze the water, it becomes ice. And we use it for a different reason. We use ice to make uh, lukewarm drinks cold, uh, but it's, it's, it's ice, but it's still water. If we boil the water, it becomes steam. We can boil eggs in the water. You know, we can make hot tea or coffee with the water, but it's still water, although it becomes steam. That is how God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are and were created. They are one. They just, they just have three different functions, okay? So let's talk about what, what he is like. What, what is the Holy Spirit like? Now, as I have mentioned, the Holy Spirit is a person. And there are many verses in the Bible that show us his personality. Uh, for instance, Romans chapter 8, verses 27 says this. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, the phrase the mind of the spirit indicates the Holy Spirit has a mind. OK, did you catch that? Having a mind presurpasses having a will. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, he says this. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit also has a will. OK, let's look at um, Isaiah 63 and 10. We can read this by they talking about the children of Israel rebelled. No, I'm sorry, but they the children of Israel rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them. Now, you have to have a personality to experience grief. Since the Holy Spirit can be grieved, we can conclude that he not only has a mind and a will, but also emotions. You get, did you catch that? Now, still another aspect of the Holy Spirit is shown to us in Genesis 6 and 3. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Now, one of the assignments of the Holy Spirit uh, that the Holy Spirit has in the earth realm is to awaken an awareness in man of his separation and estrangement from God. He arouses man's understanding of the knowledge that God loves mankind and has provided a reconciliation from his estrangement through Jesus Christ. He places that conviction in the hearts of individuals so they will seek God and eventually accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Now, that is what is meant by the phrase strive with man. It does not mean we are estranged in a, a you know, or we are engaged in a tug of war with the Holy Spirit. Instead, it means the Holy Spirit is dealing with uh, with us concerning our relationship with God. And for those of you who listen to me on a regular basis, my last message was entitled, I never knew you, a wake up call to the entire world or to the world. And we talked about that, how the Holy Spirit, 
um, is, is involved in the reconciliation process between man and God through Christ. Okay. Now Jesus reveals even more about the Holy Spirit in John 14 chapter 26. And if I am going too fast for, uh, too fast for some of you, all you have to do is pause the tape. And when you find a scripture, press play and resume. Okay. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to push through this, but you, you have the capability of pressing stop. Okay. Now, John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I, I said to you. Now, the Holy Spirit teaches us and he testifies to us about the things of God. Jesus restates, he restates this in John 15, 26, where he says this. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. Now, in both these verses, Jesus uses the term helper. That describes another job for the Holy Spirit uh, or that the Holy Spirit has um, to assist and comfort the body of Christ. The word helper is translated in the King James Bible, the traditional or the original King James Bible as comforter. The Holy Spirit is also the spirit of truth. Whenever he is around, he will tell you only the truth. Whenever there are lies, the Holy Spirit is not involved. And that is very important. And uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes either. Okay. Now, another duty assigned to the Holy Spirit is listed in John chapter 16, verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, the Holy Spirit will convict and convince the world. Okay, of who Jesus is. Now, the world needs it because it does not have the word of God. The church has the word or supposed to have the word. But the world is in desperate need of the Holy Spirit so that they can reveal to them who Jesus is. However, it should be brought under conviction relative to its relationship with the Lord by the word. Okay, by the word of God. The world needs to be reproved of the fact that it needs Christ. The church does not. If the church truly has Christ, they don't need, need to be reproved because they already know who Christ is. They have already accepted him. Now, Jesus adds in John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, the Holy Spirit is our guide. And when he guides you, he will never lead you wrong. And it is very important for us to understand that he will lead you into all truth. In fact, Paul says in Romans eight fourteen, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. So when you are on a journey and this journey takes you to hell and, and, and through hell and to hell and back. That's not God because the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you. Do you know how we often hear? I don't know about you. I can only speak on my behalf. 
I often hear people say, oh, God brought me through. God doesn't bring you through anything. Even when it says, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say, yea, though God brings me through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, yea, through, though I walk. Now, God may be with you, but he's not bringing you through it. Okay. And that's important for us to know that the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you wrong. Okay. And remember, um, I want to read Romans eight fourteen again, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now God can lead you, but if you take a left turn or a right turn, you know, you chose not to follow because anybody can be your leader, but it doesn't mean you are going to follow him. And God is not going to make, make you follow him. He's not in the forcing business. Because we are judged by our obedience to him. He is not in the force and business. We are free moral agents and we choose whether or not we are going to follow God, um, the lust of our flesh or Satan. Okay. And see, those of you who, who are listening to me for the first time, I am very outspoken when it comes to the word of God. And but it's spoken in love because I want you to get it right. God loves you. I love you. I don't even know you haven't met you, but I still love you. There is nothing I won't do for anyone, including strangers, because of the love of God that is in me. I am able to do that. OK, now I want to read that a third time because we need to get this for as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Now, when you are not following yourself to be led of the spirit of God. You are not allowing yourself to be a child of God. Okay. One very important thing the Holy Spirit does, which is directly related to his leading us, is found in Romans 8, 26 and 27. And make sure y'all are writing down these scripture saints. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray. Uh, I'm sorry, what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, this has to do with intercessory prayer, not petition prayer. In many cases, when you are led by the Holy Spirit uh, into intercession, you will not know what you are praying for or praying about. There is a general kind of intercession you can make now, such as praying for leaders and other people in authority. But there is also a deeper kind of intercession that goes uh, beyond your actual knowledge of the facts. All you know is that somehow on the inside of you, you know, you have to pray. Okay, and I, I mentioned this in, in my last uh, message that, you know, I, or maybe the message before that when I was talking, teaching people how to pray, because we have different um, principles in prayer. But sometimes you just feel the need to pray. Or I can use myself as an illustration because I know me better than I know everybody else. Sometimes I just feel the need to pray and I just start praying. And um, that typically means that someone out there that I know may need some prayer and I can intercede on their behalf by praying in the spirit, in the Holy spirit. Okay. Now 
That is when the Holy Spirit helps us to pray as we ought. It is not that we don't know how to pray. It is that we do not know what we are supposed to pray for. But the Holy Spirit knows. And he is there to lead and assist us. Oh, that's why it's so important that we have him, uh, saints. Again, what I have stated a, a, a few minutes ago only holds true for intercession. Okay, if you are starving to death on a on a uh, uh, a desert island somewhere, you should have enough sense to know you need to pray for food and, and to believe you will receive it quickly. The Holy Spirit not only guides, but also reveals. Now, Paul tells us in First Corinthians two verses nine and ten, he tells us this. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear had heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God now Paul does not say that God is going to reveal the deep things he says he has already done it and that he has revealed them to us by the Holy Spirit now, if there are some deep things concerning God, there must also be some shallow things. It is like digging uh, for gold. You can find some small nuggets and, and, and um, gold dust in, in a stream bed. But if you want the real wealth, you have to go down deep until you hit the mother load. And it's just as simple as that. We need to have the partnership of the Holy Spirit in the church to help us dig deep. So we can understand and know the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit also sanctifies. Now, Paul points out in Romans 15 and 16, this, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, sanctify simply means to set apart for holy service. Some people hear or read the word sanctify and, and uh, they think you mean something otherworldly. But that is not what it means at all. It's not. In its simplest definition, sanctify means to set apart and the Holy Spirit is the one who does this. Okay. Oh, that's why it's so important that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who separates us for holy service. Okay. Now, something else he does is uh, revealed to us in Acts 16, uh, verses 6 and 7. Acts 16, 6 and 7 says, Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go, go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them. Now the Holy Spirit will warn you about a situation that is not right. And we have to pay close attention to that. That's why a lot of people miss it. When first Corinthians 10, 13 tells us no temptation, try to test. Okay. When it talks about that, God providing a way out, we have to pay attention to the way out that God is providing. There are a lot of places I will not go to share the word of God. I want, if the Holy Spirit tells me 
and or gives me an uneasy feeling, I won't go and preach there. I am, I am called to go and preach and teach at a lot of places, a lot of churches in state and out of state. Some I, I accept the um, invitation and some I won't. Because let me tell you, especially out of the country, the majority of people who ask me to pray for them are my listeners that live outside of the United States. They are from Iraq, Iran, China, uh, South Africa, uh, Italy. Uh, people from different countries ask me. I've had invitations to come to um, South Africa. I wasn't, <laughs> now is not the time to be flying uh, out of the U.S. But I said that to say the Holy Spirit also warns us, okay? And they will warn us about a situation that is just not right or it's not appropriate. And he will protect you, okay? That is another reason we need his ministry and to help us today. Now, what we have to do is be sensitive enough, spiritually speaking, of course, to listen to him and to have enough sense to trust him when he commands us to do or not to do something. Now, so far, we have learned the Holy Spirit has a mind, a will, an emotion. Uh, he has an emotion. Uh, we learn that he strives, he teaches, he testifies, he reproves, he guides, he comforts, he helps, he searches, he reveals, he sanctifies, and commands. Those 14 things make up what we call the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also susceptible to personal treatment. Okay. You can blaspheme him and you can read that in, uh, Matthews 12, 31 and verse 32. Uh, we can lie to him, which is acts, which is in acts five, one and four. Resist him in Acts 7 51. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, which is in Ephesians 4 and 30, and quench him in 1 Thessalonians 5 19. We should make it a point to do none of these things, but to treat him with the same reverence we should give to the Father God and Jesus the Christ, and let him have place in our lives. Now, let's look at a couple of the uh, godly attributes that the Holy Spirit possess. The Holy Spirit also has the same attributes God the Father has. Now, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, now we really don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. When I was in school, uh, bishops were saying they, they thought it was Paul. But if it doesn't tell us or reveal to us uh, who the writer of Hebrews is. And when I say it, I'm talking about if the Bible doesn't tell us, we shouldn't speculate because if you look at the consistency of Paul's writings to the churches, he always revealed who he was. He signed his name. Uh, he told the brother and he loved him. He was consistent. So why would he stray away from that consistency in Hebrews? I don't know why I said that. I guess the Holy Spirit told me to share that. But uh, uh, maybe to let you guys know, Paul is not, we don't have any confirmation that Paul is the writer of Hebrews, okay? But uh, in any event, let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit 
offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience, your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now he calls the Holy Spirit eternal. Eternal means everlasting. And the only one who is everlasting is God. Now the psalmist writes in Psalms uh, 139 verses 7 through 10. He says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. What he is saying in essence is wherever he goes, he cannot get away from God's spirit. God's spirit is present everywhere at the same time. That uh, That is otherwise known as omniscient, okay? Which is just another meaning uh, for all knowing, okay? And, uh, and another meaning for all encompassing. Now, another of those omnis, uh, is alluded in first Corinthians chapter two, verse 10. In that verse, Paul states, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. Now, Paul is referring here to omniscience. Okay. Which, which simply means, as I stated a few seconds ago, all knowing, which is another trait of God, the father. Um, one other attribute of God, the father, uh, that is also ascribed to the Holy spirit is the ability to perform divine works. For example, in Genesis chapter one, verses one through three, uh, the scripture tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, I mentioned earlier that the Holy Spirit is the field representative of the Godhead. He is the one who follows God's orders in the earth realm. And he is the power source God used to, cre to create the world. Now, as the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and, and God spoke, the spirit caused what God spoke to come into being. He is the power source of the Godhead. Now you might say he is the engine of the boat. Okay. Now Jesus tells us, um, another area where that power is used in John chapter three, verse five and six, Jesus answered most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now notice in verse six, the first time the word spirit is used, it is capitalized, indicating it refers to the Holy Spirit. The second time spirit is used, it is in lower case because it is referring to the spirit of man, our spirit. Now you do not have a spirit. You are a spirit. 
We are a spirit. Okay. You have a soul. We have a soul and we live in a physical body. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And God is a spirit with a capital S. Now, as I mentioned before, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the, the conviction in people's hearts that they are estranged from God. He is also the one who makes the, the new birth possible. Jesus says in verse five, unless one is born of water, which is literally a symbol of, of the word of God and the spirit capital with a capital S the Holy spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, when a person believes in his heart that God raised Christ from the dead and confesses Christ as his personal savior and Lord, the Holy spirit and the word of God come together in that person. At that instant, the person is born again. And you know, I talk about this all the time, how to get saved. And it's always at the end of all my episodes because without salvation, honey, nothing what I'm sharing with you means anything. It's not going to benefit you. You have to be saved to even understand this because mm -hmm, the Holy Spirit only resides in God's people. Now, um, if, if uh, I'm going to say that again, at, at, at that instant, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning that he is alive at that instant, that person is born again. He is born of the world he, he, and, 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 and into the body of Christ. He is born out of the world and into the body of Christ, just as a child is born out of his mother's womb and into the world. OK, the Holy Spirit is the one who causes uh, that new life in, in Christ Jesus to come to pass. Now that is why Jesus says in verse six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Everything produces after its own kind. All flesh can do is, is produce more flesh. That's it. But the Holy spirit produces more spirits. That is a divine creative attribute. Now, another divine attribute is having the power to raise the dead. Now, Paul says in Romans 8 and 11, write it down, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, though his spirit, I'm sorry, through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, the Holy Ghost which is also the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead. And he will raise us from the dead if we die before Jesus returns. He is the power and the life giver of the Godhead. So he can raise the dead. Okay. He has that power and authority to raise the dead. And you know that power comes directly from God. And that same spirit dwells in us to make alive or give life to our mortal bodies. We got to understand that, saints. You have to believe what God's word says and stop listening to the world. We are born again. Our spirit man is born again, born of this, the Holy Spirit out of this world. Praise God. Praise God for that. Now, what one other thing the Holy Spirit does is that he proceeds or comes from God Almighty. Jesus says in John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, 
whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now he continues in John 16, 7 by saying, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit comes from the Father. Okay, saints? So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. If you are afraid of the Holy Spirit, you are afraid of God. But yet you're not afraid of the devil. <laughs> I, hey, I'm sorry. I just can't comprehend that. We have uh, people professing to be Christians and they are afraid of God and Jesus, but they are not afraid of the devil who's going to send them to the pits of hell. I, I just don't get that. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit, which is our comforter, our helper, designed to give us peace in our time of need. People are afraid of. Mm. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit comes from directly from the Father, saints. He, he has been here for over 2,000 years and he is here right now, ready to empower us, guide us, teach us, and help us. He is ready to comfort us and stand by us in our times of need. All we have to do is allow him to do so. And now I want to talk just a little and I'm going to stop uh, in a few um, because this is going to turn into a two-part series because it's a lot of notes I'm looking at right now that I have to go through in a lot more scriptures. So um, breaking this down to a two-point, uh, I'm sorry, a two-part series will be um, sufficient, I think. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about the baptism um, with the Holy Spirit in part two of this series, but I can at least uh, lead us there. Now, we have laid a foundation of, of who the Holy Spirit is. Now we will go on to uh, something of, of at least equal importance and benefit. OK, that is the baptism with the Holy Spirit is being filled with the spirit the same as being born of the spirit. Hmm. Why should we be filled with the spirit? What should we do first when we are filled with the spirit? There is an incredible amount of confusion about these issues in the body of Christ. And unfortunately, we will talk about that during part two. So, saints, once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to part one. And I want to also thank and welcome the new listeners. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Those of you who know me uh, and to the new listeners, you will find that I don't bite my tongue. I speak the word of God in truth. I am bold with it. I may step on your denominational toes, but so did Jesus. Jesus stepped on the denominational toes of the scribes and the Pharisees, honey, those who were under the law and were supposed to be practicing and teaching the law, but they weren't. And uh, Jesus set them straight with the truth. And I'm the same way. So um, I want you to stand by for an invitation to accept Christ and my closing remarks. To everyone who hears this message, including those who profess to having accepted Christ, but don't possess his spirit. And to the non-believers 
who are chasing religion looking for God. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. There is no other way to get to God outside of Christ. There is no back door. I want you to read John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. All you have to do to secure your salvation in Christ is to say this simple prayer one time and mean it. Father God, I am a sinner in need of salvation. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And because I confessed and believe this in my heart, God, your word says I'm saved. Amen. If you said this simple prayer, my friends, you have just been saved by grace. Yes, it's just that simple. If you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart right now. You now have free access to God. You are a saint, a believer, and most importantly, a child of the Most High God. I encourage you to join a faith-based teaching church. Continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth so you can grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Renew your mind with the Word of God so you can establish a relationship with Him. God wants you to enjoy life, laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. Now stand by for my closing remarks. pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.